1: enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Shlomi Ron, uh, CEO of the Visual Storytelling Institute. Welcome to another show of the Visual Storytelling Today podcast. And the topic I picked today is very relevant to the period we're all living and (laughs) breathing, unfortunately, these days with lockdown and stay-at-home orders. And since we've been in this situation for a couple of weeks now, I kind of realized there's interesting dynamic, storytelling dynamic that's a Really begs the question: uh, How do you adapt uh, your personal and brand story in uncertain times? And the reason I say personal and brand story is because I think they are really connected. For example, how can you tell a really compelling brand story if you are really, you know, concerned and you have uh, worries, you know, economic, social that really makes you uh, not uh, feel safe yourself? So. I want to kind of break this uh, topic today and for this purpose i invited uh, two uh, ladies natalie kusturik a licensed marriage and family therapist and jennifer hudson she's a corporate communication and think beyond public relations welcome to the show thank you Hi, Shani. thank you awesome so before we get started i want to kind of uh, get uh, the gist of a uh, what each of you is doing. And let's start with Natalie. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about uh, what you do as a therapist and how you got into this field.
0: Well, I've been a licensed marriage and family therapist for almost 20 years. I don't know where all that time went. (laughs) Um, I I started my career in uh, working with uh, severe child abuse and trauma Uh histories and families helping to heal from that and then I moved on to running nonprofits and then I branched out into private practice and then holistic health also and now I incorporate pretty much everything that I've learned into what it is that I do now which is basically taking the chaos and the pain that happens in someone's life Mm -hmm. and finding the source of the the knowledge and the benefit and how they can take what's what's relatively a negative experience mm-hmm. and transform it into something that becomes a positive force in their life and that helps shape them into who it is that they want to be rather than what they don't want.
1: Got it. Now that's super so relevant. Beautiful. this time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you don't need me here. Just talk to Natalie. <laughs> well, you see that it all starts with a personal story, and then you know we can communicate yeah. the compelling brand story. So maybe we yeah. switch to the brand side. Maybe Jennifer, you can tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Yeah, so I've been working in corporate communications as a strategist for the past fifteen years. My corporate communications experience in total spans twenty five years. Um, Started in corporate communications at American Airlines in Dallas, Texas. I was a -hmm. Spanish-speaking spokesperson for the airline. Mm -hmm. And um, also worked on Sabre, uh, the travel technology arm of AMR. Moved over to Sabre when AMR spun spun off the that tech travel tech division, mm-hmm. eventually landed in South Florida at British Airways. Mm-hmm. And I've been, uh, after 9-11, things kind of took a tumble and I've been working on my own as a consultant for the last 16, 17 years. So my work as a corporate communications strategist just involves me helping uh, small to mid-sized businesses and nonprofits really professionalize their communications and so they tie all of the activities that they want to do to their business objectives. So not just doing communication, not just throwing out a news release for the sake of throwing out a news release, but thinking about whether or not all of the time, effort, and and money that they invest in that, in that news release right. uh, is mo- is the most effective way to communicate a message. Uh, for nonprofits, it could be, should we be, should we be doing a news release to try to reach donors, especially high ticket donors, yep. when we could just be having one-on-one conversations, right? right? So, yeah. so that's the work that I do. And I uh, facilitate uh, strategic messaging workshops to help companies Um, fine tune their messaging and figure out how to uh, capture what's most unique about them, the target audiences that they should be reaching. And then I do um, strategic Planning communications planning workshops for nonprofits, where I teach them how to develop a communications plan that uses that involves these four phases. So that's the that's essentially the, the bulk of the work that I do. Oh,
1: that's exciting. So you definitely in the right place to cover the brand story for us today. That's <laughs> oh, awesome. <and> oh, communi- <laughs> in
0: communication, good in God, how fun yeah. is that right now?
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. Right, <laughs> right. Every PR person I know right now is focused on COVID 19. Yeah, and in fact, so much so that I just did a a, I just did a brief little blog post telling them you know even while you're in this COVID-19 period you still need to be thinking about planning for the future and planning for that future vis-a-vis COVID right because who knows what the new um, the new environment will bring like we'll all have to anyway I'm sure I'm getting into the yeah yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah.
1: no worries no worries no that's a great uh, segue so uh, as, as I mentioned in the onset you know when I think about storytelling is nothing but, you know, an interplay between the story you tell yourself and the story you tell others. So it's like the internal versus the external story. So Mm -hmm. to probe a little bit into the internal stories, Natalie, what can you tell us, you know, when you meet say with clients these days and they bring up uh, concerns, you know, anxieties, you know, what stories they tell themselves that to help them kind of, you know, overcome their challenges during this time, what are you hearing?
0: Right now, there's two factors that are coming up right now with people that are, I think, are essential to being able to move through this story, this developing story, yep. is fear and adaptability. Mm -hmm. So clients are coming in with a tremendous, tremendous amount of fear because Uh this external story about COVID-19 is constantly changing. We get bits and pieces of information as we're learning and we're developing. How do you integrate these bits and pieces of information into a way of Being so that you can apply it to yourself, keep yourself safe, and continuously moving forward in your own personal development without completely giving up and surrendering. Like, holy crap, I'm going to (laughs) die, which, by the way, is a conversation that I have a lot about. Is I'm how do I manage my fear so I don't feel like I'm going to die? Right. So that's a really big piece of what's going on right now. So. There's a few things that I tell my clients to do immediately. One is to manage your input of information that you're taking in. If you're going to take in information about COVID-19, please make sure that you're listening not only to what's going on in the news, but seeking out experts in the field who are doing the research and making your own personal choices and understanding versus taking in this information as a blanket truth. It's not. Yeah. It's yeah. a developing story, which means you must really learning for oneself is really crucial
1: yeah, right cause, now. Because when That's I think so about funny. this, Sorry. you know, the Maslow needs, <clears throat> pyramid, you know, right now we're all in the safety, <laughs> you know, basic yeah. level, you know, everybody's worrying about, you know, either they're going to get infected and even more, you know, simple things like, you know, how can I get uh, toilet paper, you know, basic needs, groceries, staples. <laughs> right.
0: I'm
2: wondering that question.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is, you know. How can I get toilet paper?
0: Exactly, so. Have they sold out of those uh, toilet seats that do it for you?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I guess it's still in the works. (laughs) But, yeah, so all these things, you know, there are really basic level needs that everybody is struggling with. And I'm sure, you know, we talked also about uh, psychological needs, you know, Especially couples that are not used to stay at home for long periods of time, maybe mm. some trouble in the relationship is surfacing because it's, it's almost like a, you think about it, it's like an experiment in a lab. You have you put two people in a lab <laughs> for a longer time than they expected, new things are going to surface.
2: <laughs> there's some really funny memes floating around about uh, husbands and wives who are shocked at the way that their husband or wife interacts in, uh, with office mates. I mean, it's hilarious. Some of these like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, good- around. You know, my husband who never communicates with anyone is like the life of the party at work. Like, who is this guy? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. So
2: so yeah, um, I wanted to, can I comment on the, on the course, information sure. uh, yeah. glut, you know, cause the information overload, I, I know is what stresses people out. I've made a conscious choice uh-huh. to only consume news after my workday, mm. um, And I'm a um, the president of the public relations society of American for Lauderdale and PRSA oh. national uh-huh. a couple of weeks ago um, released uh, a, um, you may have seen this uh, show me on that. I, I think I put it on, on LinkedIn, but uh-huh. it's uh, they released this, this uh, this graphic about the infodemic that right. people are consuming so much information and getting stressed out. And they were urging people to only get your source of, you know, true, your trusted source of information from World Health Organization and the CDC, right? Cool. Going to their, to their sites because, um, you know, we're PR people and we uh, are definitely big supporters of the fourth estate, the news media. Right. Um, but even they can get stuff, wrong right so this is such an important topic so i think it's so great that you that you um are telling your clients natalie to you know make sure that they're not only limiting their intake of information but also getting it from the right place
1: yeah it's actually information dietitian (laughs) yeah yeah yeah
0: (laughs) Yeah. a nice nice term (laughs) yeah yeah
1: so 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 let's switch uh, perspectives you know uh, in terms of obviously with your clients say, Jennifer, you you try to help them adapt their brand story or how they're gonna update their corporate communications to the new times. And what are the things that you are seeing both in telling a a compelling story internally within the organization to employees, but also externally to customers?
2: Well, you know, this is, you you have to think about this as a crisis Mm -hmm. and, Um, with crisis communications, there are always some best practices that you, um, that you, um, sort of go through Mm -hmm. for, for, for communications purposes. And first is just making sure that you take care of your staff internally Mm -hmm. and that they understand uh, how you're going to respond, what, what procedures you're putting in place before you communicate out to anyone else. So Mm -hmm. one client in particular that I have, um, they, uh, they needed to get, it's a nonprofit, and they needed to get all of their staff aligned so that they could continue to provide vital Mm -hmm. services. I mean, they serve the population of people who are being most adversely impacted, people in underserved communities. So they needed to make sure that they could get all of their staff in Mm -hmm. place. And unfortunately, um, the external took a bit of a back seat while Mm. they managed that, but that was actually okay in the environment that we're in because everybody's trying to figure out, figure themselves out at this time. Yeah. Um, but once they, you know, they, they posted some things on their website, mm-hmm. um, but once they were able to regroup and then we were able to say, okay, what should we really be communicating right now? What do people need to hear from us? Yeah. How can we, um, for lack of a better term, lack of better wording, like take advantage of the mm-hmm. situation yeah. to position ourselves as a leader mm-hmm. um, in our space and really because they're a nonprofit demonstrate the value that they're bringing to the community um, because obviously donations are the lifeblood of nonprofit of many nonprofits right um, and so it's it's even more critical that that they're communicating effectively and that they're communicating the value that they're bringing to the community so that they don't lose uh, that support and so um, but there's got to be a connection
1: right between the brand value propositions and the type of help they extending right so
2: yeah so the brand value from the from the point yeah. of view of a funder is are yeah. you are you uh, adequately servicing the people mm-hmm. with the services that, that I support and that I believe in, right? And as long as they can demonstrate that, yep. um, which, they, which they can because they're mm-hmm. doing the work, they're, right. they're distributing meals to people, they're supporting uh, women who are uh, victims of domestic violence who oh, right see. now you know, have nowhere to go and still need support. They're providing social services support, um, mm-hmm. uh, helping uh, to direct people to where they can get the best support that they need. For, for those activity for those programs that they that they don't offer, um, and so yeah, brand value is in the eye of whoever that target audience is. Yeah, and um, so they have to they have to be able to demonstrate that their programming and that the services that they offer are still delivering um, and 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 uh, and um, uh, supporting the community that they Absolutely. work in. But yeah, so messaging is just about being being open, being honest, authentic. Um, empathy first
1: versus business with empathy people.
2: first, but yeah. versus selling, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um. And and doing that first with your with your staff, right? Yeah. Because you got to take care of your people first. I'm a strong believer in that. Um. So, communicating yeah. in a crisis, the the who, what, where, when, why, and how, as much as you can, yeah. and then consistency is key how often do we need to be communicating so right. that everyone knows what we're doing so that people don't feel lost and confused? Yeah. Um, and, and then doing that, that same thing externally.
1: Yeah, and also you mentioned the crisis communication, but sometimes uh, we see use cases of crisis communication where the, the company had a glitch in the product and they need to kind of communicate, you know, transparently that they take responsibility. But in this case mm-hmm. with COVID, I think this is like a rolling story that it's beyond the control of outside the company that yeah, they need yeah. To reflect somehow and
2: the best companies will have had mm-hmm. will have crisis communications plans or at yeah. the very least issues yeah. management right yeah. issues yeah. management requires you to think ahead yep. to what could possibly happen to our business mm-hmm. what are the worst case scenarios how do we prepare for those worst case scenarios with, with our messaging? Who will our spokespeople be? How right. will we adapt our, our, our policies um, internally? How will we adapt our processes inside? Yep. Um so the 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 good companies and the good organizations think through that mm. um so that they're not scrambling so much, right? right? Um you cannot have predicted. I don't think something like COVID nineteen. No. Well, no. I think you could have because apparently people didn't know. Yeah, um, okay, I, I think you did right. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um, so you could have, but I think there's opportunity here now yep. because the the worst case scenario just got way bigger. Like what you know, exactly. And and I don't think it's unreasonable to consider the absolute. Worst things that we can imagine. Yeah. That's what crisis communications planning and that's what issues management, reputation management, is all about. Government. Um, Identifying and sort of brainstorming where those where those gaps could could be could be within our operations, within so, our communication. So hold on, how on this are thought. we going to respond?
1: Hold on this thought because I want to expand and, and come back to it. Uh, let's talk uh, about the misconceptions, uh, and this is a question for both of you. Let's start with Natalie, uh, as you talk to your clients and you try to help them kind of untangle these personal conflicts they're having uh, you know in reaction to the situation what are the typical misconceptions you hear about
0: misconceptions in regards to the virus or misconceptions in regards to in, in
1: regards to how they you know need to adapt to the new normal so <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting because what Jennifer was saying about crisis communication is really mm-hmm. very similar to what you have to do to move through the crisis on a personal level, yep. which is being willing mm-hmm. to go into your deepest fear. What are the, pos- what are the greatest, po- what, is, what's at, what are my greatest fears mm-hmm. so I can identify what are my greatest possibilities? Right. This mm-hmm. is a very terrifying space for people to go into. And those who are willing to dive deep into the fear can hold the space and feel contained, which means they have the support, they have people around them, they're able to manage their newsfeed, they're able to self-regulate on an emotional level, they have developed strong habits in regards to their health and their well-being, Mm -hmm. have a greater sense of self-control so they could do the deep work, and then emerge with new insights, new ways of being, new ways of communicating, and new ways of relating when you are in a crisis situation, like a lot of domestic violence situations right now, they're being challenged on an entirely different level. Mm -hmm. So here we have this external crisis that's happening, that's locking people down. Normally to be locked down with your family, people are like, oh, I love my family. There's yep. all these cute TikTok videos and everybody's yeah. doing all this fun stuff. But when you're in a domestic violence situation, mm. it's, a, it's a prison. But it's not just a prison in a physical sense. It's a prison in your mind. Right. And right now it is like the personification of that happening. It's really a living entity that's in your space that you need to get away from. So now they're having to manage their minds and get help in the midst of not only an internal threat that's constantly happening, but also not an external threat. It is system overload. Right. So reaching Um, out for support and help right now mm -hmm. is crucial. You can't hide. There's no more secrets. You can't protect anybody if you want to survive this thing. Mm, So people are being forced Mm. to reach out. We just had a client who is now having to leave her husband because of a domestic violence situation. Hmm. And, you know, what's the greater risk? My physical safety with this person that I'm with or my physical safety in this environment? Well, at least with this environment, there's professionals out there who are going to at least care about me. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> and want me to be healthy that's a better paradigm that's a better thought than yeah. if I stay here someone's going to hurt me so we're, we are in really um, an interesting time where our fear has the ability to propel us into this next new phase and being in the world or keep us restricted and contracted and cause us even more severe harm than mm. what it is that we're trying to prevent in our lives
1: interesting
2: wow that's so interesting because from a corporate perspective mm-hmm. you know as i talk to people about the need to think ahead and to begin to plan post-covid if there is a yep. post-covid um you can't be locked down in so so deeply in 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 managing today in fear today um you've got you've also got to be thinking about about that future and, right. and what that what that looks like how are your um, I mean, I don't know if I should get this deeply into it, but how are your customers engaging with you today? Um, how are you communicating with your customers today? And how can that relationship or that engagement uh, either be tweaked or uh, mm-hmm. uh, stay the same in the future? Right. And, and and future for me is like, you know, within six months.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, unless don't know there's a
2: res- yeah. if there's a resurgence, but, but I still think that um, it's important to think about uh, to not get, get paralyzed in, in dealing with communications today so much that you are not able to project forward and look at opportunities. And I think that one of the big, biggest misconceptions
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, from a communication standpoint, a corporate communication standpoint is that you can't sell or, 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 or brand yourself in this environment. Um, you can do, but it has to be done with a great degree of empathy and care.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um,
2: and um, I think one of the examples I was I was I was thinking about was. Um, I mean, full disclosure. My husband works for Citrix, and so yep. I saw um, he he showed me an internal communication piece uh-huh. that Citrix sent around, and then I also saw an external piece that they did. Right. And it was it was brilliant. It was hmm. <laughs> I was very impressed with the ex. They did a press release where they actually they talked about how they had surveyed their own employees
1: right. um,
2: about their experience working from home, and they were using they used the, the results from that survey to talk about how they were supporting their employees and 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 how that was impacting their employees emotionally and psychologically.
1: Yeah, no definitely um
2: so and then they used all of that to talk about Citrix remote um, <laughs> remote access technologies. I mean that was a little cringy at the end to be honest. Yeah. yeah. But um but but they were trying and the, the data that they got from their own employees mm-hmm. Uh, gave them, um, I think, a, a degree of, of connection with right. other people who are also going through the same thing. Yeah. So they took uh, their own employees' experiences and put it into, and so That's
1: the, that
2: was an example of how they're managing right now, but going yeah. forward to the future, they've also got to think about those those types of no, opportunities.
1: Let, let's say uh, switch gears and, and talk about a little bit uh, about the new constraints that this new normal is kind of uh, throwing at us. And what I mean by that is, you know, I just saw an article the other day that talking about new trends in digital. So we have a rise in uh, usage of uh, websites versus uh, mobile apps. Uh, we see a rise in, uh, obviously, uh, video conferencing, uh, online courses, online uh, courses. Interesting element, which was surprising, rising voice calls. People don't use their smartphones for voice calls now. It's going up. So, mm. as I was talking to you, Natalie, earlier, you mm. kind of mentioned that uh, now your clients, like everybody else, are kind of locked down. So obviously, your sessions are now moving online. So you yeah. we actually practicing uh, some type of telemedicine <laughs> in a way. Yeah. <laughs> so how does that? new experience is uh, changing the interaction
0: well i've been doing online therapy for a long time it's Mm -hmm. sort of it's been my preferred method Uh of of therapy i've only been really seeing clients in office probably in the last like year two years Uh so what's Mm -hmm. been interesting is that It's no longer just being used with my clients who travel a lot for business Mm -hmm. and have these very high demand lives. Now my clients who are stay-at-home parents Mm -hmm. or in school or whatever their work situation is, are transitioning to online. And one of the things that's really been beautiful to see is how they're showing up and how they're utilizing it, yep. because it's not, they've never thought that they could have this kind of space in their home mm. to feel safe, yep. to be able to communicate really their deepest mm-hmm. fears, pains, insecurities, it's all the things that come up in therapy from their homes. And so there's almost a sense mm. of uh, newfound safety that's that's happening in their
1: homes i would also think that when you talk to your clients like we are right now and we are all each one in their own personal spaces so as i can reveal stuff to you you can look some visual cues around me that tells you a little bit about who i am things i'm interested in and, and that's another element that you can probably utilize right
0: Yes. Yes. And that that's, that's something that I've i have used. I'm sorry. It's a good point because it's something I'm so used to like seeing it doesn't. <laughs> okay.
1: But for us you know, now, just living
0: in it's like Zoom, it's probably, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But on the flip side, I've also had experiences with clients mm-hmm. who had partners listening in
1: mm-hmm. on
0: their private session, oh, which wow. led to a whole discussion
1: mm-hmm.
0: about personal space, boundaries, yeah. privacy, emotional safety mm-hmm. that's elevating the level of the conversation then they to a new to a new place that they haven't had before. So there's a level of um, vulnerable communication mm-hmm. that's taking place which yes. you know when you're talking about crisis communication you, you really have to take in emotion into mm-hmm. that like, how am I feeling? What's going on? How are my feelings impacting somebody else? How is it impacting how I behave and show up? And so that's really, really up right now is really communicating mm-hmm. from this emotional space and they're doing it from their homes, mm. <laughs> not their offices. Not but in this their neutral homes. space. No, it's not, not neutral. There is no neutrality yeah. right now. Yeah. It's fully charged, and which means it's being, because they're being activated in this way, they now, there's nowhere to go, have to address it and start dealing with it. So we're actually moving from understanding to practicing our new understanding in relationships almost immediately.
1: So it, since they are in their personal space, do you find they're more authentic, more open to share more things versus a neutral environment?
0: You know, I think that's a person that's really individual, because there's some people who. Um, it's, it's a non-issue for they're exactly the same, <laughs> whether they're in the office or yeah. not. Yeah. Um, and then there's others who are reserved and. Mm. Yep. And it's going to vary depending on who's around now. But I, I get to experience, I guess, people from multifaceted ways Got because it. they're going to be they're going to talk differently if they know somebody else is outside the door versus if they're alone. I see. Um, Sometimes my clients are not in their cars when we're doing this because oh, <laughs> like, okay. it's like their only place that they could go. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, it's a moving uh, personal space. <laughs> it's a moving personal space. So, so but it's a multifaceted approach. Mm-hmm. So you really get to see who a person is and really how they live their life.
1: Got it. You know, you, said- Jennifer, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see how are you kind of accommodating uh, your clients to the new constraints, new tools using zoom more often, maybe other digital channels that were not that hot before.
2: No, it's all zoom.
1: All zoom yeah.
2: <laughs> it's all zoom. And we get so weary of Zoom that I'm, I'm not surprised at all. I mean, I'm, in, I'm, I'm interested that you've said this, but I'm not surprised because I feel the same way. Mm-hmm. I, I actually just wanna to talk to somebody on the telephone. I, right. I, I don't want to use Zoom as much. But no, we're, my, all of our activities have shifted to, to Zoom. Um, beginning with you know, I told you as a president of PRSA Fort Lauderdale, our, all of our meetings have shifted virtual. Um, we we were supposed to have a huge event at Aventura Mall that shifted to virtual mid March, yeah. yeah. and um, this uh, coming week we're doing an activity just for PR professionals to give them an opportunity to just right. vent, and that's virtual um, via Zoom. So, and interesting um, use
1: cases that you come across. I know there is a the. The cocktail hours, the the weddings, yeah. even I heard.
0: Quarantinis. <laughs> <laughs>
2: People are doing quarantinis. Um, yeah. That's yeah. One. So that kind of thing. Um,
1: uh, the Easter you, meal coming up probably, you know, the Passover just happened yesterday now. Because, yeah. Um, evening, so...
2: Yeah, Easter services are virtual as well. Yeah. You know, yeah, Easter brunches and dinners are just with smaller groups.
1: Yeah, so it's definitely changing the environment, I think, in terms mm-hmm. of the, what people can expect. and
2: I think also that because I think people who had not worked from home before, like I work from home, so this is not yeah. that big of a stretch for me. Yeah. The big change for me personally was having other people here with me. Right. so you know right now making sure that i keep my son in that room and that i close sure. the door where my husband is and so that's been an adjustment but i'm i'm very curious to see how we as a country yeah. um, migrate to work from home for, for people who say you know this is actually kind of nice <laughs> I
0: don't, right.
2: I don't need to go back into the office yeah. maybe you know and i've been thinking about cost savings as well uh for for companies who uh, don't necessarily have to have all of their staff in the office. Is that, is there some, because I work with smaller businesses, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah. is there some cost savings to sure. um, electricity and, you know, to, <laughs> um, yeah. utilities from, from, uh, working from home more often, but yeah. anyway, I don't know. But to that answer your cool. question, everything yeah. is zoom right now.
1: Yeah, everything. yeah. it's true. Yeah.
2: Google yeah. hangout, Microsoft teams. So,
0: right. so one, one thing, Jennifer, that you said that I think is really important is working from home means you have to keep people sort of in their space, which means boundaries are mm-hmm. really, really big yep. deal. Yes. But how we communicate our ba- about our boundaries is really, really essential. So to, mm-hmm. to, to say, for instance, if, you're, if you have to share a workspace with, with your partner, and you have something coming up you can't just say hey can you can you be done with this sooner because I need XYZ they're gonna be like what you're more important than me what, yeah. <laughs> what's what's going on here right but if you say hey you know what honey I'm really nervous about what's coming up for me and I want a little bit more time to set up yeah so that I feel confident and comfortable with what's going on then your partner gets to go oh okay, I can do that for you. So we're literally, in order to get our needs met and to truly have privacy, have to go into a more relational space, which requires Mm -hmm. us to step into our hearts versus our heads so we can get our needs met and really have a new sense of privacy that we allow to develop because of how we choose to communicate about our boundaries. So that's so
2: interesting. You know, I am, so with with one client, there, there is an agency that I'm managing for them that is going through a series of internal interviews with all of their staff. Uh And typically they would do that work in person, right? Mm -hmm. These one-on-one interviews to really dive deep and understand what, what all of the different moving parts are. And they're having to do that by phone now. And I hadn't even considered this, but, uh, they, in order to do those conversations hr had to get involved to get permission to provide their personal phone numbers to the agency oh, so that wow. they can make those kind so that they could make those phone calls and ask them their series of questions but it also reminded me that even as leaders are communicating with their staff about work related issues they constantly have to have in the back of their minds um how people are being personally affected um, you people are managing their kids home uh, school from home yep. while they're trying to do their work and so leaders so much more have to work from this heart center mm. um, and and it's difficult for parents who have kids at home and doing school to establish those boundaries but I just it reminded me of that when you said that Natalie that that leaders have to the boundaries that that they may have or the expectations that they have in the office Mm. um don't apply as as much right now like people are still expected to do their work um but they have to lead much more so with with their hearts in in the way that they're interacting with their staff
1: yeah i think it's it's sensitivity expressions are really important these days you know because we are got ourselves in a new context both physically in a space and also Mm -hmm. mentally, so how can you manage those two? Definitely interesting. I wanna ask you kind of, we touched on it briefly before, but I know we don't have the answers, but we're gonna play (laughs) like the role of futurist here. And maybe we'll start with you, Natalie, as you kind of uh, looking ahead post-corona, and and the way, by the way, I see this is right now, we kind of before the spike, there's gonna be a period after the spike, before mm-hmm. the vaccine and then there's going to be a period after the vaccine is found so let's talk about you know after a
0: because, life after <laughs>
1: life after so how do you coach or if you need to think about coaching your future client about the post-corona future what do you think you're gonna to say to them
0: You know, I think that there's a few key questions that are happening right now that can Mm -hmm. help us to prepare for what's coming down the pipeline post COVID-19 because we know one is Uh self-care. How am I taking care of myself? What does it mean to take care of myself? Mm -hmm. when I'm taking care of myself what is the impact on others that's a really prominent question right now our ability to care for ourselves has a direct impact on the health and the well-being of others this question of this question of do I matter the answer is yes yeah so when you're operating from that place your self-care what are the small choices and the habits and the things that you do on a daily basis what are you doing
1: this is also Start the sol- solidarity and the fact that we all connected. Basically, mm-hmm. all the same, we all. We
0: are yeah. We are moving from self to community, and I yep. it's, I'm really excited about that. Yes. Time. How am I using my time right now? Right. Am I being efficient? Is is really waste? Is wasting time wasting time if I'm actually connecting to myself and to others who are. Mm-hmm. Who are close to me and, and or not close to me. I'm yeah. developing relationships. What's the value in that? How do I incorporate right. more of that into my life? What, what am I doing with my downtime my productive time you could If you're using your time, right, you could do a hell of a lot in three hours You don't mm-hmm. necessarily need eight to accomplish <laughs> it, right? Yeah, which means if I now have an extra five hours, does that mean I get to play with my kids does that mean I get to go work out that thing that always went into the background? Now maybe that needs to be in the forefront. Right. Resources. How am I using my resources? Mm. Am, I, am I aligning my resources with my values or do I just buy things to buy things? Yeah. Do my thinking about my future? What is my future? Do I care enough about myself to think about my future and plan for it? So it's going to shift
1: your priorities in a way. Yeah,
0: because we mm. vote with our dollars, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So... Am I in alignment with this company who is, you know what? They've retooled their factories and they're now producing masks. Hell yeah. 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 I want to, I want to support support
2: them. I'm going to
0: spend my money there. And we start thinking about that. Our relationships, everything that we are doing is relational. Mm -hmm. Absolutely everything. We are not functioning alone. This concept of I can do it by myself. That's done. Yeah. Yeah. that's that's done Great point. <laughs> that, um,
2: that American rugged individualism yeah.
0: no yeah, yeah yeah it's it's not it, it helps in terms of motivation mm-hmm. but you got to take that and you have to spread it across into your relationships into the people and the things and the community that you are in to be in support of and that means that you have to use your senses in a very different way being much mm-hmm. more awake yeah. much more aware much more communicative much more vulnerable with your emotional experience because literally everything that's happening right now Mm -hmm. is emotion-based the stock market is going up and down based on people's emotions so when people are like like (laughs) i'm fine yeah like oh really the stock market tells me otherwise (laughs) it's
1: like a blood pressure read right so it is
0: it's 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 but we need to check in with our emotions and really own that our emotional states are very powerful spaces where Mm -hmm. a lot of information about who it is that we are and what our potential is can be found Fear can either cripple you or it could be, as you talked about it, Jennifer, as part of your future planning, which puts you into action, which puts you into the present time, which Mm -hmm. puts you into your power and helps you create a future by choice, not by default. You are not a victim to what's happening right now. And then community. You can't not consider your community now. It's essential.
1: It's not living on an island anymore.
0: No. Who's your community? Yeah. How are they contributing to you? How are you contributing to them? And you make yeah. this part of your day. Yeah. I think from that place is where I would coach my clients because from that space, that's an empowered place where despite the chaos and this pandemic that's hitting the entire world, yeah. it's actually unifying us. If you walk down the street now in China, you can meet somebody you've never, you would never have met in a million years and you have a, sh- a common experience to talk about.
1: Sure. That yeah.
0: has never happened.
1: Well, the entire world, in essence,
0: has. The sh- entire world. Yeah. We're Not all- in our lifetime. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So we yeah. have the ability to connect with people and share our stories and share it across the globe and people to understand one another in a profound yeah. new way. So I think these are amazing times. And I look forward to seeing what comes as a result of this.
2: Me too. You know, I'm thinking about, uh, it's so amazing that you've said this because I'm thinking about, friends I have all over the world, and we are Mm -hmm. experiencing the same thing that has never happened to me before, where something that I'm experiencing, my friends in Madrid, Berlin, London, we're all sheltering in place, right? No no one can get out. It's, It's Belgium. It's fascinating. Like everybody, (laughs) where we all have this shared experience. I'm also fascinated by the fact that technology is connecting us in that we our our interaction with technology is is connecting us in a very different way. Um, You know, we we know that. Social media use in the past has still not helped people feel connected uh, with one another, and I think it's different now. Like our perception yeah, of it, I Actually, and wrote even about the makeup. way we even the way we show yeah. up, right? Like yeah. nobody cares anymore that they've got makeup on. Right. We're just people <laughs> walking around, you know, yeah, we're right. it's so freeing, and I think it's so needed. I'm so excited about this.
1: All the status symbols are going down. You know, you see people oh. are they? Oh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, because oh. at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how much you you know your net worth or anything you know everybody is in the same boat driving to the same destination
2: <laughs> right, right so uh,
1: i'm trying to get the same toilet paper <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly and just before we close jennifer any thoughts about the future for you know in terms of advice to your clients in terms of brand stories that that might
2: well, you know, I think I alluded to it earlier. So there is, you know, the anatomy of corporate messaging. Those yeah. practices don't change. Uh-huh. You know, you've still got to do your research where you understand yeah. your customers, where you understand all your target, all of your target audiences. Sure. You've still got to think about what's unique about your organization. Yeah. Um, you've still got to um, consider which products and services you offer are, are, um, are, are most unique to talk about. All of that still has to happen in a strategic way. You've just got to think about it in light of this new environment. Right. right? You've got so to think true. about it vis-a-vis yeah. COVID. Yeah. Um, and, and that has to that 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 means I think that you are operating from a much more empathetic and I mean sure. you, you have to constantly scan the environment and understand what's happening in the marketplace exactly. before you can position yourself. Yeah. Um, and so that doesn't change. Um that, that doesn't change.
1: No, absolutely. It's definitely a constant mirroring exercise to reflect mm-hmm. it back to your customers. So, so what that I think constant,
2: you... oh, sorry, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that constant listening, um, yeah. research, talking to your customers. I also think you can't oversell yourself. Like you have to sure. be very sensitive to what's happening in the marketplace. And, um, and I think that you've got to be able to do all of that in like this kind of non-cringy way, right? Like be able yeah. to be authentic and open and honest. Um, and tell your stories and those stories of your employees in a way that connects you with with other people and the companies who are doing that really well right now I think are the ones who are endearing themselves to us right like the company that's changing over their manufacturing to produce masks or the the guy who was making alcohol and fired all of his employees and is now making hand sanitizer right (laughs) yeah I mean those stories I'm just like can I buy something from you (laughs) (laughs) you know I'm forever a Marriott loyal customer now I wasn't even that loyal to Marriott before because Arnie Sorensen did that beautiful um, uh, talk to his team. Yeah, no, definitely. I think
1: social impact uh, programs is going to increase uh, in a big way mm-hmm. afterwards because people will realize their, you know, their power. Right. So on this note, I want to thank both of you for the great uh, conversation today. I had a lot of fun to uh, kind of, uh, with your help to connect the personal story to the brand story because uh, it's really important uh, these days and moving forward. So before we close, uh, if our audience uh, is interested in uh, contacting you, so maybe, Jennifer, how can people reach out to you?
2: Um, you can reach me via email, mm-hmm. jen at wethinkbeyond.com, jen at wethinkbeyond.com, phone number 305-333-0315. <laughs> I'm sorry, you can hear it.
1: <laughs> yeah, no worries.
2: Uh, so, so that's how you can reach me. My website as well, wethinkbeyond.com.
1: Awesome. All right. And you, Natalie?
0: I think probably the best way to reach me is via my website where you can just shoot me a direct email from there and it's Natalie kusturic.com. K-U-S-T-U-R-I-C.com. Awesome.
1: All right. So for those of you listening Natalie, watching, it was such a pleasure being here with you Yeah. Oh, nice same here, Jennifer. You. Thank, Thank you, me. No, no I so so had a lot of fun and hope to see uh, all of you listening or watching in the next episode of Visual Storytelling today. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Bye, Sean. Thank you.
2: Visual Storytelling Today is
1: recorded in Miami, Florida. The show is published exclusively by Visual Storytelling Institute. Learn more at visualstorytell.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on the iTunes Store. Until next time, don't let your big story
2: wait to be told.